Welcome to another episode of the Chill by Net podcast. This podcast is created for those who are passionate about their personal development, health, and well-being. This is a platform for you to come chill by my personal stories and weekly tips in becoming a better version of ourselves and to live a better present. But first, let's chill. My name is Jeanette. Welcome back. We all know how it feels like to be lonely. I think even more so given how isolated we all have been in the past two years. Sometimes we can crave that connection so bad, but at the same time, we also find it extremely hard to get it. I hope I'm not the only one feeling this way. So today we will be discussing a bit more on these tendencies and we will be diving deep into this deep topic of loneliness and hopefully through this episode you will gain a new perspective to this term like I did. So like how I always like to start off my episode, I am going to start you off with a story. So just like any typical local university student, I decided to embark on a semester exchange and that was in I think year 2016 and I was 24 back then. So what was slightly different though was that instead of looking out for people to form a group to embark on the exchange trip together, which was the case for most of my peers, right? Usually you just form groups and you go on the trip together. I was really adamant about going on the trip myself because it has always been one of the items on my live bucket list, you know, to go on a solo trip for an extended period of time. And I did, right? But I remember that at a point in time when I decided to embark on this solo trip, everybody was advising me against it, right? They would be telling me things like, you know, it's better to go with your friends. At least, you know, go with one or two other people because it's more cost effective that way. You know, you get to share accommodation and also safety wise, you know, in case if anything happens, there's someone there to look out for you. And Apart from that, you'll be less lonely. I guess I didn't take any of those considerations. And what mattered most to me back then was being able to be in a foreign land myself. And the entire purpose of me going for an exchange back then was really because I just really wanted to be alone in an unknown place away from everyone, right? I mean, I don't know if this was part of me being rebellious when I was younger, but... You know, I guess what really, really mattered back then was, yeah, being able to go on this trip on my own, away from people I know and all of that. Because I believe that, you know, it would be the way to gain the most fulfillment out of my trip. And on a side note, I didn't tell my family about this either. I think until now, they are not aware of the fact that I actually went on an exchange trip on my own. Yeah, I guess because I didn't trust that they would be okay with the whole idea of it. So I went ahead alone to Canada, uh, more specifically Vancouver, and yeah, embarked on a five-month solo journey. All excited and, you know, I was thinking, yes, finally, freedom. And yeah, and so I did. And in the first few weeks of my trip, you know, I ate alone for all my meals as expected. I booked a trip to watch the Nigeria Falls myself. I stayed in the lodge myself, you know, being really close and in touch with nature. I really love it. I love it, okay? And, you know, ate oysters myself. And the point of saying this is, you know, 
All these were really fun at the start of my journey. But after a few weeks of being alone on the trip, I think I found myself craving some sort of connection, which I didn't really expect myself to. Because I'm the type of person who thinks that, you know, I would never get enough of this alone time. And I think at some point, I wish that someone was there to share the experience with me. Someone whom I can, you know, rave about how good the sushi was, how good the oyster was. And even though I must admit that I am quite a heavy social media user and I do share my experience online with my friends and all of that. But I guess it's just different and to some extent cannot replace the real life interaction and the fact that someone is physically there to share the experience with you, right? So that was when it had dawned upon me that, you know, in the long term, like, you know, after a few weeks, feelings of loneliness does start to kick in a little. Okay, maybe not a little. I think it was a lot of feelings of loneliness after a while. So I had thoughts about how long I can do this for, you know, especially when days get colder, as the seasons were also changing from autumn to winter at some point. And you know how winter just makes everything a little bit more miserable? Because the days are just a lot shorter and the nights are a lot longer in winter. Yeah, and I admit that I did have thoughts about regretting this whole alone journey at some point. And I remember I cried because I really missed home. And maybe to put it in another way, I really miss um, the interactions that I had on a daily basis. Because ultimately at home, there's still some sort of you know, connections, even though they may be insignificant conversations or connections that you might not even realize, but they are still, you know, some sort of connection, which I didn't have any during my alone trip. So it was no fun after a while. And, you know, in happy times, I wish that there was someone there to share the connection with me. And in times of stress, for instance, when my luggage broke a few times, you know, it was really ridiculous how, how often it broke, but... You know, it was really in such stressful times that I wish that, you know, there was someone there that we can laugh about the situation together, right? Apart from the fact that I also do need help with my luggage. Because one thing about Canada is, you know, there's really a shortage of lifts. So the few times when my luggage broke, I think it was really hell for me. I have to carry it up and down a few flights of stairs and was really like exhausting. So, you know, be it good times or bad times, you just wish that someone was there to kind of just share the experience with you. So sooner or later, I really felt loneliness. You know, I was really feeling very lonely. I was not motivated to explore places anymore alone. I guess I was also missing home a lot. And the loneliness just sort of grew as the day passes. And you might think like, what's so bad about loneliness, right? I mean. For one, it doesn't feel good to be lonely, right? But apart from that, when we get lonely, there's also this genetic changes that happens in your body. You know, loneliness increases our inflammation in our body and it kind of also activates our fight or flight response, which can actually cause us to stress out more often. Our immune system may start to get weaker as well and it just impacts our overall well-being, right? And I really want to talk about this concept of loneliness because it is a concept that is personally really relevant to me on a daily basis, you know, even more so now given how isolated we have all been. So on this note, I will be sharing a few personal lessons learned 
So lesson number one is, you know, there are many reasons why people can feel lonely, right? But I come to realize that, you know, one of the main reasons of loneliness is actually prolonged solitude. So what this means is, you know, when people come to spend too much time with themselves, intentionally or unintentionally, you know, it can actually lead to an increased loneliness. And, you know, this prolonged solitude may sometimes result from personality factors. You know, how if you are more of an introvert, then maybe you'll be less likely to cultivate and seek social connections, right? Or if someone has a lower self-esteem or a lower self-confidence level, then they might come to see that they are unworthy of others' attention or the regard of other people. Other times, it may be situational factors, like moving to a new location, like how I did, right? Or, you know, a more familiar example we all know, like the COVID pandemic. And on this note, you know how the pandemic had really disrupted our lives, right? If you first remember when we started our isolation, I think it was almost two years back. It's all like fun and all because we get to be away from our colleagues, our bosses, and we do to some extent enjoy, you know, that solitude, you know, it's sometimes fun and recharging. But we also come to realize that in the longer term, you know, these changes inevitably leads to an increased feelings of loneliness, right? It probably made people reevaluate the importance of their social connections, including myself, right? And similarly, when I embarked on my solo exchange, I feel that initially, right, the first few weeks felt really liberating with all that freedom and, you know, just being away from people close to me. But then I also realized that it wasn't long until all that loneliness starts to creep in. And this brings me to lesson two, right? And lesson two is I've come to realize that, you know, more loneliness actually creates even more loneliness, okay, if this makes sense. So what I'm trying to say here is, you know, when we are feeling lonely, this can actually create more loneliness, you know, for other people and for ourselves, unless awareness is generated and something is done about it. So a social neuroscientist, John Cacioppo, he argued that loneliness is such a disabling condition that it compels the belief that the pursuit of relationships is at a rock-bottom fundamental to human well-being. So what this means is, if you're feeling lonely, you might come to see that, or rather you might come to believe that social connections are the most unimportant thing in our daily functioning. And yes, I realize that for me, you know, it can be more difficult to actually seek that connection when I'm feeling lonely. You know, it's like you are just put in this disadvantaged situation to form connections because, you know, like I said, when you're feeling lonely, there can be this chemical change in our body, right? Where we experience loneliness, we can subconsciously respond to this chemical by isolating ourselves from other people, maybe because we feel that we are not worthy of the attention, you know, we are feeling really stressed out and all of that, which can then in turn lead to greater loneliness. And in a way, it's like you can just get stuck in this toxic biological feedback loop. And it can really be a toxic cycle, right? So cultivating awareness of the fact that you are feeling lonely and you need connection at some point is important 
right? So if you're someone who believes that you're not deserving of that social connection, or if you're feeling lonely or isolated at this moment, I think it is even more important for you to actually look into your own loneliness and generate some awareness around it. You know, be it how if we are telling ourselves that connections are not important or like I'm not deserving of friends, you know, including myself, when I think about it, sometimes I can really find myself telling myself that, you know, I'm self-sufficient and, you know, I don't need that many friends you know, social connections are not that important, you know, these kind of things, or even sometimes, you know, quality more than quantity. You know, I guess we often hear this phrase around. I mean, don't get me wrong, I do believe that quality is more important than quantity, but, you know, the point is to make sure that both the quantity and quality can be met, right? And not to use that as an excuse for the minimal interactions that we are having with people. And sometimes, you know, loneliness creates more loneliness, not just in the way that it increases your own loneliness, but I think, you know, it also creates more loneliness for people around you. Because, you know, according to research, loneliness can be contagious and it can be really detrimental to people around you. So it's not just about you as well. So studies have found that non-lonely people who spend time with lonely people are more likely to develop feelings of loneliness, right? So it's not just about you, but, you know, you also want to make sure that you're not bringing that loneliness to other people, especially your loved ones, right? So lesson number two is that, you know, loneliness can create more loneliness, not just for yourself, but also others around you. And lesson number three, I've also learned that being alone doesn't equate to loneliness. It is important, very important, to strike a balance between having times of solitude and also meaningful social connections. So people often associate loneliness as being alone, but we all know that that's not necessarily true, right? Being alone does not mean loneliness, although being alone for a long period of time can increase the risk of loneliness, but being alone itself does not equate to loneliness, right? In fact, I love enjoying my alone time most of the time, like I mentioned, which is the reason why I even, you know, embark on a solo trip myself. And solitude actually has a number of important health benefits as well. Having time for myself gives me the chance to break free from all that social pressure and it helps me to, you know, tap into my own thoughts, own feelings and experiences as well. So the thing is, how do you determine if you know, being alone is loneliness or is it really um, a healthy solitude time that, you know, that you're consciously making for self-care, right? So I think the key difference is that solitude is really a voluntary act, right, of being alone. And I think when you want that connection, you can still fulfill that connection. On the other hand, loneliness is also a sense of being alone, but I think it's more of you get this unpleasant emotional response from the perceived isolation and you may come to find it really hard to, you know, reconnect with your friends or you find it really hard to reach out to your friends. So it's about being aware of how are you feeling when you are spending that alone time, right? Do you feel recharged more or are you feeling really unpleasant and negative most of the time? And I think another important thing to point out is, you know, loneliness can also be 
felt when we are surrounded by a large group of people. Sometimes I do find that even if we have a lot of social connections, you know, we can be surrounded by our friends and family, but still feel really lonely, right? So although this is less common, but it is still possible. And that's why the term loneliness really shouldn't be confused with the term solitude, right? Because the thing is, even if you're around people, you can still be lonely. And loneliness is really just this unpleasant emotional response to perceived isolation. So whether or not you're really, really being isolated physically, you know, it's the perceived isolation that you have. So I think on this note, sometimes it's really not about how many people you have around you, how frequently you meet up with your friends. You know, it's really more about finding that quality connection when we talk about, you know, increasing our social connection. And so lesson three is to really remind us that being alone doesn't equate to loneliness. It's really important to strike a balance between having times of solitude and also meaningful connections. And, you know, everybody struggles with different things, right? I cannot really say what is the right balance for you. And for me, I think my struggle is that I'm having too much alone time, right? I should be actively seeking out more social connections. But for other people, I do recognize that, you know, it may be the other case as well where you find it really, really challenging to be alone. But whatever it is, I think it's still important to strike your own balance between having times of being by yourself and being around people. So we can all feel lonely from time to time. And, you know, loneliness is real, right? And the feeling here is we do crave that connection. But sometimes we just do not know how to get it or we are not aware that, you know, we actually need that social connection. So for me, I think there's no shortcut to combat loneliness and I think it's a pretty straightforward two-step process, right? I think the first step is to generate awareness and know ourselves better. As I mentioned, you know, are we telling ourselves that social relationships are not that important? You know, but at the same time, we are really feeling disconnected and feeling lonely. You know, I think it's important to recognize that this is really contradictory in nature. I mean, as humans, we can just be contradictory most of the time. But it's important to recognize that, you know, it's really contradictory if we tell ourselves that social relationships are not important. But at the same time, we find ourselves maybe somewhere deeper inside us that we really long for that connection. And we are feeling very disconnected because of the lack of connections in our life, right? So these are some signs of loneliness and it's also a sign that something needs to change, right? And also by understanding that there are physical and mental repercussions to loneliness, right? It's not just about the unpleasant feeling, but in the long run, it can also create certain kind of um, changes in our brain. It can really put us into this toxic cycle where the more lonely we are, the more lonely we will get, right? And so knowing this will probably make us more motivated to do something about our situation, right? At least for me, I think by coming to see what is loneliness doing for us and some of the negative repercussions, I think that really helps me to want to do something about my situation. I think that's step number one is to generate this awareness, you know, by looking into our own thoughts and our own tendencies, right? And, you know, find that motivation for ourselves. Yeah, so that brings me to step number two. So step number two is once you are convinced that you are feeling lonely, 
you know, sometimes the degree may vary. You can feel a bit of loneliness or sometimes loneliness might be taking over your life, right? Whatever the degree is, you know, tell yourself that it's all right, right? And it's not a permanent thing. In fact, you are one step closer to combating these feelings of loneliness because you're aware about it, right? And you're aware that there's something you can do about it. So what is this thing that you can actually do to combat you know, these feelings of loneliness, I think there's no other way. It's just about creating opportunities to cultivate new friendships, you know, increase your own social interactions. For me personally, during my exchange, you know, how after a few weeks, the awareness of these feelings of loneliness really motivated me to seek out greater social connections. I joined clubs and, you know, try to find people with similar interests to me. And I was really actively putting myself out there to make more friends. I was going on many trips with some of them. And things just turned out a lot better. Even though I have to say that, you know, it was initially really difficult. Because after a period of just being by yourself, there could be some fear around socializing as well, right? Even just by saying hi to people may not seem really natural. It can feel really awkward. Right, But it is about getting past that stage. It's getting past the uncomfortableness and the awkwardness sometimes when you have been by yourself for a prolonged period of time. And we can also just practice, you know, this act of saying hi, you know, this act of starting conversations with just people we see on the streets, right? It could be the person who serves you coffee at Starbucks or whatever, right? Even brief moments of connections like this can offer benefits you know i think um there's a term for this and this is termed as you know positivity resonance you know so basically it's a concept that explains that when two people share positive emotions even just for a few seconds or minutes there is this synchrony between their biochemistry and behaviors which can then result in an investment in each other's well-being so when i say increase our social connections right Sometimes it's not even about, you know, forming new friendships or joining new interest groups or new clubs and all of that. It can even be, you know, fleeting moments of connections that we make on a day-to-day basis with strangers. And so that is the two steps, right? And, you know, it's about incorporating that two-step process and also striking that balance between connecting with others and having your own alone time. So to conclude, you know, I want to say that I still remember this exchange trip being one of the most memorable trips in my life, right? You know, it's not because it was a solo trip, but, you know, surprisingly after years, right, looking back, it was the connections made there that made it rather memorable, right? It's pretty ironic because I went ahead with the intention to experience the fun of soloness and the freedom of being alone and I was really looking forward to having five months of alone time by myself which I really love right but when I recall back I come to realize that you know it was still the laughter you know the conversations and the bonds that was forged over there that made it memorable right and I think all this wouldn't have been possible without these connections be it big or small that we actively seek out And, you know, when I talk about conversations, it's not those big conversations, but, you know, sometimes just these small moments of connections that I had with, you know, a passerby or strangers that made it really memorable. Like, when I think of my exchange, those are the memories that really stay within me, right? Those are the memories that 
I remember more as compared to those that I experienced it alone. So as much as we humans think that, you know, we can do everything by ourselves, you know, connections are not that important. But the truth is, okay, they are really very important. Okay, memories wouldn't be that precious if it's not shared with someone. You know, like no matter how beautiful is a scenic area, no matter how nice was the Nigeria Falls, no matter how nice was my oysters, I think it would be even more beautiful if there was someone to share the experience with. And it's also not about, you know, having your friends there just because, you know, they can be there when you need help or when you're in danger, there's someone to look out for you, right? But I think it's more of like, we just sometimes need an avenue or a platform to show our love as well. And, you know, just the act of giving and loving another person also brings us happiness, right? So a research study called the Grant Study has followed 268 men for over 72 years as part of the longitudinal studies. And they found out that the most important lesson learned was that the only thing that really mattered in life are our relationships to one another. Because they found out that the capacity to love and be loved was the single strength most clearly associated with subjective well-being at the age of 80. So I do encourage myself and also you who are currently feeling isolated or lonely and want to feel connected to not be afraid to take the first steps to recognize that from our heart, that social connections are important, right? That is the first step. And the next step is to then take courage to put in the effort and to align our actions to the innate value of ours. Humans are mutually dependent social creatures. At the end of the day, we just need to love and be loved. Thanks for chilling in. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. You can also connect with me on Instagram at chillbynet or my website chillbynet.com to join the conversation and assess our show notes. Have a great day and we'll chill again very soon.